2: official Jets podcast is presented by Wint Bet. Betting is a team sport, but together at Wint Bet. Eric Allen here at One Jets Drive, joined by Jets edge Bryce Huff. Let's get into the life of the National Football League player. You guys finish the victory in Denver, go in the locker room, take in the speech, and then you board a plane. What do you do on the plane after a victory?
3: Uh, Well, personally, I just kind of watch Netflix or watch some of the film. Just kind of kill time on the way back. You know, it was a long flight, so i was <laughs> trying to entertain myself some way. All right, so do you
2: take in any film on the plane, though?
3: Yeah, we, like, we download the games on our iPads before, so we can just watch it while we're in the air and just be ready for meetings the next day. So what did you see? Uh, I mean, we were getting after it on, on, uh, on the field, especially, like, Guys were just flying around making huge plays, especially Quincy had a day. Jermaine had a huge day, you know, Bryce Hall. So it was just cool to watch that on the plane yesterday. So the plane
2: arrives in Newark about one thirty in the morning. Yeah. What time are you getting home? Didn't
3: get home? I get home to like 2, 2.15 around that.
2: And how many hours of sleep did you get?
3: Not much, especially like after games. I'm so like hyped from like all the adrenaline and pre-workout and everything. I usually don't get, to, I didn't get to bed last night until like four probably. And then what time are you getting up? Uh,
2: like 10. So you get up at 10, then you're back at the facility. What yeah. do you have to do as far as the
3: body is concerned? Uh, well, we have the, the uh, post-game workout, and then I'm about to hit some recovery, uh, and then just kind of rest, rest rest, the rest of the day. What's the Monday workout like? Uh, we got heavy squat, uh, what else we do? Hamstring, like posterior chain work, and then uh, I hit a little core, and then that's about it.
2: But how does the body feel?
3: That was the most percentage of snaps
2: you've ever played in the National Football League. I think it was yeah. 44% of the defensive snaps mm-hmm. yesterday against the Broncos.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I felt pretty good uh, today. And then with the with the workout, it just kind of flushes everything out. So I feel pretty good. What about you
2: guys meeting in terms of uh, positional meetings and then as a group, as a defense?
3: Uh, well, today we just had the position uh, meetings because it was victory Monday. So we have like a, a more lenient schedule. And, uh, we just went over some of the film or with the D-line coach and just kind of critique things and and pointed out the, the positives and things we can improve on. What did you see on film? I mean, guys just getting after it, you know, people were putting up like really good GPS numbers. And that was cool to see, especially with like the high altitude, and uh, they kind of make a big deal out of it, like the oxygen thinner and stuff like that. But guys didn't weren't even phased, so it was cool to see.
2: How did you feel being back in Denver? Because you have experience, you were yeah. just there last
3: year. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, this is my third time being here. Yeah, there. right. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Once again, I mean, just seeing the seeing the difference in elevation is kind of weird how it impacts you, but it wasn't too bad. All right, so take me through your sna- uh, sack. Uh, we're gonna get to another one that
2: you shared with basically everybody on the defense, oh, yeah. but. Um, It looked like the tight end didn't actually chip you, but it released a little bit, got his hands on you a little
3: bit, and then you went one-on-one with the right tackle. Yeah, so he kind of aligned tight just kind of to get me a little tighter to the tackle and mess with my alignment. So I came off the ball just kind of like hit a move just to get by him, and then at that time it was was one-on-one with McGlinchey, so I was trying to work an edge move, and then I I beat him on the edge, but he started like recovering, and then I hit a counter inside when I saw – Russell Wilson uh, stepped in the pocket, and then I got his foot for a sec.
2: How much do you attribute that to what you bring to the table physically, and also in the film room during the week, preparing
3: for a guy like you know you're going to yeah, see McGlinchey. I mean, McGlinchey, he's a he's a great tackle. He's been doing he's been playing at a high level for a while, so uh, yeah. And I knew he would be sitting on my speed, so I just kind of I tried to beat him with the with the speed move. and uh he bailed on his uh, kick and just turned on the edge. And when I saw he had his weight moving backwards, I knew Russell Wilson was going to be scrambling up the middle. So I just had that in my mind to, like, get ready to counter. The Jermaine play, we were talking about that in the locker
2: room last night where Mm -hmm. he came up from behind to get Russell. That was a third and 14. I would have thought it was a three-man pressure. Were you spying in that situation, or is that
3: something that you did on your own? No, I I was supposed to spy right there, so – you know Russell Wilson, he's a shifty dude. So we had the three-man rush. These guys just get home any way they can. And Jermaine came came around on the edge with, with full effort. And I was about to pull him up, and Jermaine just came around and got the ball off. What's your
2: thoughts when they asked you to spy?
3: Uh, I mean, I, I kind of like it. Just knowing I can run down quarterbacks and just get get like a free go on a on a QB is kind of cool.
2: It's interesting. Robert Sala said after the game that they weren't letting Russell play quarterback early. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, what does that mean when he was
3: talking about the screens and also obviously he was using his feet? Yeah, I mean, from a D-line perspective, we were just kind of trying to make everything cloudy for him up front. You know, he, he likes to throw the, through the B-gaps. So we were really just caging it in and making him have to scramble out out the back, which he doesn't like to do, or or make some type of like checkdown down or a screen or something like that. What
2: about the one where you guys all converged from every side? You got yeah. Jermaine comes in from the left side, you come in from the right side, and also Quinn and pushing the
3: pocket. Yeah. How do you guys talk about that afterwards as far as who got the sack? <laughs> well, Jermaine, <laughs> the whole time Jermaine was saying he had the, the whole sack, but I had a hand on him going out to the ground, so I'm like, I got a half. And then Q was saying he knocked him down too, so he was saying he got the half. But uh, Jermaine got there first, so they, he ended up getting the whole sack. But... I mean, it's just kind of the meet me at the quarterback mentality and we were just all converging on them at the same time. Do you want a half for that? I mean, <laughs> they gave it to Jermaine, but if I could get half, I would. Um, okay,
2: so what kind of adjustments do you all make after that first drive where they score in the first
3: possession? Uh, I mean, just kind of settle down. Like we came out they came out and came out hot on us and then we just had to settle down as a defense and do what we were practicing to do all all week.
2: What changed in the second half? Brees takes it seventy two yards. You guys finally have a lead. Was it like hey, we finally got a chance to play our style of defense right
3: now? Yeah. I mean, playing with the lead, uh, I think that was our first time this year where we were able to like come out and really just like unleash our packet, like our our rush plan and and put our best moves on film. So that was kind of cool seeing how like the O line set differently or the QB would like hold the ball a little longer or things like that. So it was really cool to be able to take advantage of that and show what we could do. Did you sense his frustration as far as Wilson is concerned? Uh, Yeah, definitely. He, you know, we were getting after him a ton, and uh, especially going into that final like two-minute drive when Quincy was all over the place. So, uh, I mean, yeah, I would definitely sense that frustration from
2: him. How unique is Quincy, well, yeah, a- I'm
3: saying, and, and what did you make of that last possession where he comes up with two sacks, including the strip that Bryce takes to yeah. the house? I mean, big time players made big time plays in big time moments, and that's exactly what he did. He just came out. He's been doing that like for a while. Just on the blitzes, just being dominant. He just came off the edge and, and got the got the ball off, and he came up the middle on the one on that one blitz and, and got the sack clean. So I mean, he's just an absolute dog. Can you talk about his speed? Because you guys play different pos- positions, but you're both so explosive. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a quick dude. He's really twitchy, and he. He uh, he takes his shot at the right moments. Like he can just run through people and, and, and hit them every time, versus having to break down and like slow down and come to come to balance. He just knows where to take his shot and just make the right play every time. Um, safety's in as many weeks now.
2: You oh, yeah. came up with one and then Big Al. How, how cool was it to see Al get
3: a couple points? Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I mean, and my, our coaches talk about he was like, if we got to get a safety every week to get the momentum going, then that's what we'll do. And I was just cool. Like, it was cool to see that happen too.
2: What about your safety against the Chiefs? Can you take me through the play
3: against Jawan Teller? Yeah, so I mean, right there, um, uh, my responsibility on that play was to run a big hoop. So I just got off the ball and was just burning the edge. And I knew I was gonna be able to beat him uh with straight speed. And uh I got to the point and I was bending. He just grabbed the face mask and like I I feel like it would have been a strip sack because of how Pat was holding the ball, Patrick Mahomes was holding the ball. And uh, he just got the face mask and the safety, so I'll take the two points. But I feel like I should have had a sack on that play.
2: Uh, Your thought process all the time when you're coming around that edge, are you thinking strip sack?
3: Yeah, definitely. If the quarterback has the ball when I come off the edge, I'm definitely going for the ball. All
2: right, so NFL is no longer sleeping on you. Here, here, I'm going to give you a, a statistic here. This comes from pro football focus Steve Pelizzolo today. Micah Parsons leads the National Football League with 29 quarterback pressures. Nick Bosa has 27. Max Crosby, 27. T.J. Watt, 27. Chase Young, 27. A Bryce Huff, 25. That's yeah. pretty good company. What do you think about that?
3: Definitely. There's a lot of great players, and they do they play the game at a high level, so it means a lot to be in that group of uh, like really good competitors.
2: Can you believe you've been here since 2020?
3: I can. I mean, time flies. It feels like just yesterday when I showed up as an uh, undrafted rookie. But, I mean, it's been a, it's been a great time here. And uh, just being able to get better and con- continue to improve my game has been fun. Do you remember your first professional
2: sack of Ryan Fitzpatrick and the yeah. Dolphins?
3: Yeah, I do. I think he was scrambling. And then I got him with a, a heel click. Yeah, I remember that play. That's was pretty cool. <laughs> All right. So
2: I talked to Salah about you last week. He you said you've completely transformed your body. Can you talk about what you've actually done and the work that has gone along with it?
3: Yeah, uh, I mean, I remember coming in my rookie year, I felt like I was like fit and like a big dude, but looking at film now and seeing how I look my rookie year, I was I look so small compared right. to now where like I look like way less explosive and all that, but like working with the strengths staff here, I've been here like every off season training with uh, Coach Nicolini and, and the whole staff and just getting better every day. So I feel like uh, I've been refining my process and just sticking to it every day. And that's just kind of like, what's the word? It just kind of built over time to where I am now. What's the difference in the weight since you entered the league? Uh, I think I came in at like 240, 245. I think I'm sitting at around like 263.
2: And, And at 263, I think it's fair to say you're more
3: explosive at 263 than you were at 240. Would you say that? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, and I was thinking about it. I was like, maybe the, maybe I could be faster with less, with less weight, but then I'll be losing muscle. So I think this is just like my, my sweet spot right here. All right, so how have you developed as a pass
2: rusher over time? Because you used to be the situational guy. You used to be the guy who came in special teams, maybe you get a couple reps per game and provide that edge pressure. Now we're seeing you more and more in the lineup. Can you talk about how you've grown as that
3: edge guy? Um, I feel like just staying consistent. You know, Coach White Cotton, like, we come out for practice every day. He's the same dude every day. He pushes us to, like, get full effort, full speed, and in indie, and uh, getting off on the ball, working our techniques and team. And then having a group of guys that are in the room, like, seeing Quinn and JFM. Jermaine, like all the guys, is coming and putting in work, and I take little things from all their game and like add it to mine. So like it's just a, it's just a, a, um, I guess just like the result of being around so many great dudes that know how, that love to work, and just taking things from their game and adding it to mine. So, I've taken all kinds of things, like especially from Carl too, as far as like my my hand placement, uh, my get off angles and things like that, and uh, that on the field and then off the field. Like learning how to recover properly, learning how to watch film and just attack the game differently. So I feel like just being around such a great room has helped me become who I am today.
2: Do you think pass rushing is an art, and what takes
3: it for a player to become an elite pass rusher? Oh, uh, I feel like uh, a great motor is the first is the first key, and then uh, get off. That's definitely a, a huge part. Uh, consistent technique, like uh, a lot of the best, the best rushers in the league, they have like all their get offs look the same. And so it keeps the office alignment guessing. And that also opens up your rush package as well. And then I'll say next would probably be a, a good bull rush. Cause like if, if a tackle doesn't respect your bull, then he's not going to respect your speed rush or your, your inside move or, or anything. So, yeah. Who, who are guys
2: that you like watching outside of the room? I'll talk to you guys about the guys in the room, but
3: who do you like watching around the league? Uh, T.J. Watt definitely up there. Uh, Hassan Reddick, Alex Highsmith, another great dude I like to watch. Uh, Shaq Barrett, another great dude. Let's see who else? Nick Bosa, uh, Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, just a bunch of guys I like to watch. What do you like about Watt? You mentioned him first. Oh yeah, he's just a beast. Like his motor. That's, that's he has the best motor in the league. He just does not stop, especially when when the ball is in, is in sight. He's going to get it no matter what. And it's uh, like the way he takes control of games, like you could tell when games on the line, and he he makes he 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 takes the win like every time. He just goes in and makes something happen.
2: Do you see similarities as far as your path is concerned to college, like because? you originally committed to south alabama i think mm-hmm. you actually went to memphis and you started out on special teams and then you were a situational guy and then those last two years you exploded yeah. hey kind of like a similar truck in the national football you think
3: yeah definitely uh memphis was my like i had all awesome sunbelt offers and then uh coach Novell like got hired as the head coach for memphis and uh that was my best offer so then i took that role that uh that path and then uh I came out on teams, like you said, because I don't want to be registered. So I came out on teams, just kind of like grinding my way up the uh, roster and then eventually got my opportunities My going into my uh, junior year. So I feel like it's definitely been a lot similar to college.
2: Yeah, what What were your thoughts when, when you didn't go? And we talked about this in the past, but when you went undrafted initially, th- did you ever have any doubts? Or at that point you said, you know what? I'm gonna prove everybody wrong and I know I can do this.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I knew regardless of where I was drafted or undrafted, I would make, I would find a way to like stick in the league. Cause like, I just, I, that's just what I've always wanted to do is just be an NFL football player. And uh, once I got here and I saw the guys that like I was competing against, I was like, I know I can, I can go out here and make a name for myself uh, just with hard work. So I just wake up every morning and put my best foot forward and just stick to that every day.
1: Jets fans, we're in our final push, and the clock is ticking. Winbet is giving you a golden opportunity to win VIP prizes for the 2023 season. The Winbet Green Room is the most exclusive space at the stadium with all-inclusive food and beverage, lower-level seats, and appearances by Jets legends and celebrities. New Jersey customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on Winbet Sportsbook or Casino. For New York customers, all you need to do is wager at least $100 on WinBets' sportsbook. The best part? You get an entry for every $100 you wager.
2: What do you like most about playing with Jermaine? He's a guy who's getting a lot more playing time in year two. A little bit different than you as far as his entry into the National Football League. (laughs) first-round pick out of Florida State, right?
3: Uh, I mean, Jermaine's a great dude. And uh, just seeing how he's grown from year one to year two has been really special, especially like how he came in from the off season. He's like way more explosive, way more like, uh, what's the word, like his balance on the edge, his moves, his rush package is like expanded. And uh, just seeing him coming out and make plays, like for a guy that works so hard, it's really like, I love to see it. Cause I, I know how much work he puts in every day. And uh, it's finally paying off with the, the playing time he's getting and like the opportunities he's getting. And he's showing like, why he was drafted first round. Can you speak to him about, uh,
2: speak of him being such a technician? Because he's a guy who seems like he really appreciates the finer points yeah. in this game.
3: Yeah, I mean, especially like, especially like yesterday, he had a great day, like coming off the ball, like working his moves that he, we had talked about all week. And he worked into to a T, like great hand placement. He got to the quarterback multiple times. And he saw in the sack, like he, he pushed him off the ball, like created separation, got home. So, like, I mean, he's really been a technician as far as, like, working on his power moves, his stat moves. Like, these are these are probably the best moves I've seen from him, like, since he's been a Jet. Isn't
2: he such a powerful dude, too? Yeah. It, it, not just as far as rushing the passer, but against
3: the run. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's setting edges. He's, like, knocking dudes back off the ball and making great plays in the run, too. So, yeah.
2: JFM, the old guy in the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what have you taken from him over the years? Because... Everybody throughout the National Football League talk about pad level with him and how he can
3: get underneath guys yes. in the strength. I mean, John is like, it's like, he can do it effortlessly. He can blow back anybody off the ball. Like tight ends don't stand a chance. Tackles don't stand a chance. If a puller comes back, he, they're getting blown up. So he's the absolute force on the edge. So yeah, J.F.M. is definitely a, a one like, he's a, a dude. And uh, he's been doing it for a long time. How do you think Will McDonald's coming around, uh, coming along here in year one? Yeah, I mean, Will is a Will a beast, and uh, I feel like once everything like truly slows down for him, he's going to be unstoppable because he has he has the most unorthodox rush package I've ever seen. And, really? Like, yeah, and he like once he really like once it all comes together, he's going to be one of the best in the league without a doubt.
2: Okay, so you got to dive into that. What do you mean by the most unorthodox <laughs> rush package you ever seen?
3: Uh, I mean, like as a rusher, you. I can see, like, guys' different, like, tendencies as far as, like, where they aim coming off the ball or, like, their tracks or their steps. So, like, when I look at Will's rush package, he has, like, these weird stutter moves that can make an offensive lineman, like, like be uncomfortable. And, like, he can hit, like, crazy spin moves at different points in his rush and things like that. So it's really cool to see. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like it. Does honestly. he
2: have freaky athleticism?
3: Yeah. Like, his bend <laughs> – the way he can maintain balance on the edge while being so low to the ground is cool, especially, like, with how tall he is, he can really get low. Okay, as far as get-off time, so, in the NFL, you're right up there with everybody. With anybody in yeah. the league, what's the key to getting off the ball? Uh, I feel like it's the way my stance is. It kind of, like, it kind of puts me, like, right, right in front of, like, I always crowd the ball. And then, uh, like, I keep my knee tucked. So when I take my first step, I have a lot more ground to gain on my first step. And also, I just kind of have, I don't necessarily jump the snaps, but I have a bit of anticipation when it comes to when the ball is going to be snapped. So I'm always kind of, I'm always ready for it. So what goes along with that anticipation? Obviously, there's film study, but some of that's got to be instinctive
2: as well. Yeah.
1: Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious.
3: Like like I can I don't know you can kind of feel when a when a when a center's about to snap a ball whether he like gets tense and kind of rocks back on his heels or you can see him kind of squeeze the ball or like kind of turn it uh, just little things like that and then just like reflexes just we practice that every day just getting off on the ball so I mean. This is part of training what about
2: what about cadence what are you listening for you don't listen to anything you're watching down as far as the hands are concerned yeah
3: i really personally i don't listen to cadence because it can be like it's a it's a toss-up and at any moment if you think it's one thing it can be another so i just kind of play it safe in that regard but on silent count i feel like a lot of dudes are like really like they switch up their intensity right before they snap the ball like they'll do like a, a head fake and then they'll, right before they snap it, it'll it be like way faster than the first one. So I kind of pick up on that as the years have gone. But uh, for the most part, I just watch the ball. What's
2: going through your mind in that split second where you know you have the edge
3: on somebody on a tackle? Uh, just I make sure I clear to clear my shoulder because they like to grab, uh, turn my ankle, and and just burst to the QB. Percentage of
2: Holding on plays in the National Football League, what would you say? Could they call it every play?
3: Um, almost, yeah, it's up there. I know, I know, even yesterday, like in the last couple plays, I was getting bear hugged, and they were (laughs) really, yeah, it was bad. And then, like, versus the Chiefs, that was that was crazy. Like, that one play with Jermaine, um. But I feel like I've gotten a good bit of calls, so I can't say too much about it personally, but, like, I've, I've seen a good bit of it. Do you think you're getting more calls, more respect
2: from the officials now the longer that you've been in the league and the more effective you've become as a player? Yeah, I feel like I feel like
3: the, the officials do a good job, uh, especially me personally. Like, they, they they see the separation when I've been the edge, so I feel like they're, they're more likely to call a flag if a guy tries to hold me on the edge. Or, like, as far as, like, the respect goes, I mean, if I'm putting them numbers, and then one day I'll come out and they're just like holding me on the edge. I feel like they'll have an eye for it. So I feel like I should get a couple more calls.
2: How much are teams paying more attention to you, I should say? But also with that being said, it's kind of hard because they got to pick their poison when they're going against you guys. You got Jermaine over there, Carl's up, you got John Franklin Myers, you got Quinton in the middle. And,
3: you know... Who are you going to go one-on-one with? Right. Uh, I mean, they they like to chip a lot. And they've been doing double chippers, like, all season. And uh, because teams are really, they really respect our edges, I feel like, for the most part. Like, whether it's Jermaine or Will or JFM or Carl, like, they always have somebody on those edges ready to chip. And uh, I know yesterday, like, I was watching film. I I, I ended up getting a one-on-one with Garrett Bowles. But then they had, like, two dudes chipping Will (laughs) on the other side. So, I mean, it's just a toss-up. But... I feel like they definitely have to respect us. Double chippers. Yeah. How do you attack that? Uh, we have our we have our chip games and whatnot, but uh, for the most part, it's just effort because when you have that many dudes on the line protecting, uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard to just like attack an edge or like get a straight, you know, what I'm saying shot on the O lineman. So we have to kind of chop it up. Do you like this
2: defense at all three levels? Because we've been talking about the defensive line, and we mm-hmm. talked about Quincy a little bit before, but that. Inside linebacker tandem with him and Mosley, just tremendous. Then you talk about your cornerbacks just going one, two, three. If you're going to do Sauce, DJ, Michael Carter, the second, I would take them over any three corners in the National Football League. Your safety's been making plays. What do you
3: think about this defense at all three levels? I mean, we got dudes on every level and and leaders on every level, Um, especially with CJ. He's been in the league for a while and been playing at a high level for a long time. And uh, he's making plays everywhere. Sauce, DJ, MC, all those guys, and you got the safeties on the back end, like keeping everything locked in. So I mean, it's it's a great defense for sure. Can you? We've spoken a lot about Jermaine, but
2: can you talk about the edge that he plays with? Seems like that you're all going, but as far as just getting after people, like Jermaine has a different sort of edge.
3: Yeah, definitely. Jermaine is a beast. You know, like. He came, out, he came from Florida State and he's been doing that. Like, he's played the same way in college. And he came here with the same effort, the same tenacity off the edge. And, like, like it's kind of a TJ Watt type of motor. Type, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, when there's a play to be made, he's going to be there to make it. You know, especially you saw that yesterday. He was all over the field. He seems like a dude you just want
2: with you in that foxhole. If you're yeah. going to get in a fight, you want Jermaine with you yeah. because he's going to be right there leading the way. Yeah, facts. All right. So, how big was that victory overall? You guys were one and three heading to Denver. You're playing a Broncos team that had just won their first victory of the year yeah. um, the previous week. It was a good crowd. You guys got down in halftime, yeah. but came back in the second half. And all three
3: units contributed: special teams, defense, and offense. Of course. Oh, uh, I mean, it was. I mean, a win. Like a win is a win. Like honestly. Uh, we worked hard for it all week. Like we were practicing hard, you know, to have the other stuff off the field with Coach Hackett, like adding a little extra, like uh, meaning behind the game because they were talking bad about him. So like everybody just came out hot with a little chip on our shoulders and we we brought the dub home.
2: What can you say about Nathaniel Hackett as a guy who's here every day, who's yeah. been
3: with him and is fighting with him? Yeah, I mean, he's a great dude. Like we came out, and they, they do what they need to do to, to put points on the board and like we just play complimentary ball and uh so yeah he's a great coach too
2: what about next you got the philadelphia, philadelphia eagles coming yeah. to town defending nfc
3: champions yeah i mean a, a a group of real guys that know how to play you know especially their line they mm-hmm. got Milata and then johnson on the other side like great competitors i've, I've been looking forward to going against them for a minute just because of how good they are like I, i'm really looking forward to the matchup uh you know, because those are some of the guys, like, if you're a real rusher or, like, if you're a real, like, line, you're going to be able to make something shake on some on two of the best tackles in the league. So I'm looking forward to that competition and uh, just playing against their team as a whole because they have a, a beast of a team. And Sol's first year, 2021,
2: they came here and they yeah. practiced with you guys yeah. prior to a preseason game. What was that experience like for you?
3: Uh, I mean, I feel like I had pretty good practices versus them, uh, but – Practice and game are two different things. Cause the, the intensity is way higher, mm. the focus is way higher, and uh, I feel like everything's heightened. So it'll be it'll be exciting to see how we face them in a real game. Uh,
2: I know it was practice, but who yeah. were you
3: matched up with predominantly during that week? Uh, I feel like I was I was going against Milata, uh most of the week because JFM was on the left side going against Johnson. So I was yeah, I was on Malata most w- of the week. What's unique about him? His size obviously uh, oh, stands yeah. out, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's huge. Uh, personally uh his length and his size are, are two of his biggest two of his best attributes because he can just take up so much space and uh to be able to be him on the edge you have to be able to gain ground like really fast or like even an inside move you have to have your hands ready because he has that that link to cover up the entire b gap at the same time so you just really have to be on your p's and q's going against him speaking of being
2: on your p's and q's what about the challenge against uh going against jalen hurts yeah and what he can be as a passer, but also what he can be as a runner.
3: Yeah, I mean, I already know we're gonna have to have some type of plan for him and his his uh, what's the his scrambles and like he he can use his legs and, and really get downfield. So we have to be on point as far as our rush lanes and our our plan as a whole. So why are you able to be sitting here two
2: thousand twenty three two thousand twenty undrafted free agent? A lot of people would have written you off when yeah. Robert Sala was hired and came here with a new system in 2021. How were you able to persevere? Because when there is a regime change, yeah. often times you see guys getting their guys in here or bringing in people they thought were going to fit their system.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean after my rookie year, Joe D, like we had our exit meetings, and Joe D told me he was like, like we got a new set of coaches in. You got to prove yourself again. Like you got to show them like what's your, like what your skill set is. So I just attacked the all season knowing what was on the line. And uh, like Coach said, like I transformed my body and I feel like the work I put in, in the all season with that extra pressure, like it really pushed me to elevate my game and my entire uh, physique and, and skill set, so. What do you like most about this defense? Like the, the attack front. And yeah. being able to just get off the ball and not have to think and just go. Can you speak to the
2: way it works with Sala, Jeff Albrecht, defensive coordinator? You mentioned Aaron Whitecotton before the
3: defensive line coach. Mm-hmm. The dynamic there with those three guys. I mean, they they put us in the best position to make plays and like showcase our our talents. So I mean, being being able to play in this defense and knowing that we're going to be able to uh, showcase what we have and, and take our shots when it matters most is really cool.
2: Aaron Rodgers posted on Instagram over the weekend about his recovery. Yeah. Uh, he's hoping that he can come back, maybe even later this season. Yeah.
3: What's he been like as a teammate for you as a young guy who you watched him growing up? Yeah. I mean, like, he's he's been a beast since I was a child. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Aaron is a, a great leader. And, like, I've seen him bring guys along and, and, and put guys on game as far as what he knows about the offense, about football in general. And that's kind of inspired me to kind of, like, help – Uh, bring along some of the guys in our room like Jermaine and and Will like they're they're great players but like being in the league league a little longer than them like I have a little more uh, experience so I can like I it it makes me want to like be able to put them on game or like show them what I know and like teach them the little things that I've picked up over the years too so I mean it's been really cool having them on the team um how
2: pumped were you for Brees? Oh yeah. He goes back to Denver. It went down with the ACL tear in week seven last year. He yeah. goes for a career high, 177 yards.
3: Yeah, I mean, that was huge. And he, I I was here like training this off season. I saw how much work he was putting in to come back and, and play at a high level. So seeing him come back to the same field that he was hurt on and, and attack it full speed and, and hit that career high is huge. You've been here for a while. I wanted to ask you about the crowd
2: at MetLife so far this season. Buffalo week one. Obviously, you played the Patriots, but then you had that toe-to-toe game with the defending champs, yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night football. How much can a crowd help you specifically as a guy who's rushing the quarterback? Yeah. Because the Eagles are coming to town. It's going to be that late doubleheader game, 430, and you know it's going to be charged, but how can they help you,
3: and how have they helped you this year? Yeah, our, our crowd has been like incredible since, since the season opener. We've had like great crowds and, and great fans. But for me specifically, third downs, like when crowds are loud and like really make it to where uh, an offense can't get their cadence in and they have to go to to the side count, it makes my life easier. Cause I, if I have a silent count and I know I'm about to get off on the ball, I don't think there's a tackle in the league that can touch me off the edge. So like if the crowd is like blasting and just being incredibly loud, it really does make my life easier. How much fun are you having this season? it's been a ton of fun, especially like my, my third year in this defense. And I don't, I'm not thinking at all. I can just go and, and just have fun with the guys and, you know, putting in as much work as we do. Like on Sundays, it's just been a blast for sure. You don't put any limits or restrictions
2: on yourself, but have you thought about where you can take your game as you continue to evolve?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I always see, uh, areas that I can grow in and, um, I don't really think about the stats, I just think about giving 100% effort on every play. So just seeing like how I've performed and knowing that there's areas I can improve in, I'm not sure what the limit is, but I'm I'm, I'm looking to really play to my full potential. Well, can't wait to see that. I know the fans are pumped to
2: continue to watch you. Since entering the uh, league in 2020, you've continued to take steps. Your ascension, everybody's watching the National Football League. Continued success to you, and thanks for coming by. Thank you.
0: Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mister Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head and Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for. more more details hey it's bobby bones are you looking to build this year if so there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule if you need a garage a stall barn a storage for vehicles rv boat collectibles or even a a shop for your farm hobbies or car restoration projects visit mortonbuildings.com and start your construction process With superior materials, craftsmanship, best-in-class warranty, Morton Buildings are made to last for generations. At Morton, the difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.